Welcome to Lineage Speaks, the podcast, an anthology series of women sharing the stories of how they carry the torch for future generations. I'm your host, Martelena Dontrapel. And today, sharing her chapter, we have Anna Munoz. Anna Munoz is the founder of Morris Prenatal Massage. She is a massage therapist and birth doula. She believes that more is caught than taught and brings that philosophy into every service she offers to expecting parents. Anna helps expecting parents prepare for birth and transition into their new roles as parents with confidence and support. Anna also hosts a podcast called The Mother Within, where she shares her knowledge of pregnancy, birth, parenting, and mindset work. She lives in New Jersey with her husband and child. Chapter 2, Anna Munoz, I Remember. I can remember the day that I found out doulas existed. I was working as a massage therapist at a spa and started a conversation with a woman who one day be my own birth doula, Nina. It came up in a casual routine getting to know your coworkers' conversation. Do you work anywhere else? She responded in her sweet Brazilian accent that she was a birth doula. Obviously, the only follow-up to that is, what's a birth doula? Followed by, so you're like a midwife? You see, a birth doula supports expecting parents throughout pregnancy, labor, and birth. They help parents prepare through educational resources, emotional, and physical support. Birth doulas help their clients navigate the birthing world and unpack the essence of what their individual ideal birth is. What birth doulas do not do is provide the actual medical interventions or procedures. Birth doulas are advocates in helping you choose which procedures you wish to have, but not the providers of the procedures. That is where the medical provider comes in, be it the midwife or the obstetrician. As Nina explained all of this, my soul was vibrating with excitement as if it were being reunited with a long lost calling. At the same time, my youth was whispering, not yet, young Padawan. The art of being a birth doula is surrendering to the unknown. What day will my client be giving birth? I don't know. What time will I join them? I don't know. How long will I be there for? I don't know. How will the birth be? I don't know. What will my client need? I don't know, but I'll know when I see them. Every single birth a birth doula commits to is an agreement to the unknown and putting it above whatever else may be going on in their life. I was not yet at that level of selflessness when I first found out doulas existed at 24 years old. I can remember the day I attended my first birth, three years later. I awoke to my sister's phone call, her water had broken, and her provider recommended she head into the hospital to confirm it. I joined her a few hours later and she was surrounded by family as she experienced her contractions come and go. She would sway side to side on the birthing ball walk around the labor and delivery ward and experience her labor progress closer and closer to the moment she would meet her baby boy. When the nurse exclaimed, my sister could push and everyone had to clear the room, my mother was the first out of the room. I followed her into the hallway as she cried in anguish. I remember asking my mother why she was crying out of anguish rather than joy. She responded that I had no clue what my sister would soon be experiencing. She was right. In the hours that followed that interaction, I watched my sister push on the bed, on the toilet, and back to the bed. 
I watched as she faced the uncertainty of giving birth and all the strength that it calls for. I watched as a mother was born and I was in awe. I can remember the day, three months later, when I began my training towards becoming a birth doula. The voice that once whispered to me, not yet Padawan, now spoke, it's time. I was trained in the stages of birth, what to expect, what the physical, mental, and emotional cues were in every stage of labor, how to comfort a mother in labor, how to support the birth partner, how to navigate birth in any setting, be it hospital, birthing center, or at home, and on and on. I was inspired by birth and all it entailed. It was magical and it was real. I was also trained in how to prepare the dad to be the advocate, to differentiate the role of an advocate and a birth doula, and that I was the latter, not the former. As a birth doula, serving clients in a state that had a higher cesarean rate than the country of Mexico, I was told it was the dad's job to know the birth plan to a T so he could advocate for his partner. My role was to hold space for them and be their walking encyclopedia. I can remember the day I decided to stop being a birth doula. I was three months postpartum and I had finally understood why my mom cried the day my sister gave birth to my nephew. I had an amazing labor experience until I didn't. I remember waking up to the first contraction, the one that made me think, ooh, that was different. Spending the day with my husband in our little bubble and secret, our daughter was joining us earthside very soon. Being amazed as every surge became stronger and longer, and yet it was never more than I could handle. Every wave was a reminder of my inner strength, a reconnection to a secret that my body was sharing. I am strong, I am powerful, I am intense, I am connected. I remember the full moon that night as my doula Nina joined us, the hot water from the shower soothing my laboring body as I swayed and thought of all the mothers out there looking at the same full moon, feeling the same excitement, a feeling of completion bursting in our chest that soon we will meet the little individual who has been present all along, kicking, swimming, and reminding me how amazing this world still is. I cannot remember in what order things happened when the sun came up. Everything existed at once. Was I in the tub? Was I in the bathroom? When did I get on the toilet? When did I last eat? When did I start pushing? When did I get in the bed? What positions did I push in? Who was in the room? Who was speaking to me? This was Laborland. I had read of it and seen variations of it with clients. However, experiencing it for myself was an out of this world phenomenon. When you are in it, you don't realize you are in it. And when you realize you are in it, you are no longer in it. It was a paradox. You can only be in Laborland when you aren't thinking about it. I remember when I left Laborland the first time. I had been pushing, but baby was not budging. I'd give it my all with each push and sweet baby seemed to be stuck in the same spot no matter how hard I pushed. There were whispers of leaving the comfort of my home and transferring to the hospital beforehand. I left Laborland when I made the decision to head to the hospital. I rose from my bed, was helped to get dressed and out the door we went. It was matter of fact, peaceful and calm. My baby was well, 
I was well, and we were just being precautious. I remember the drive to the hospital as I became a backseat driver as the midwife continued to monitor baby and me the whole way. I wonder what she thought of my backseat driving. I was definitely far from labor land. I was on Route 80 in New Jersey. I cannot remember how I got back into Laborland. Was it the moment I stepped out of the car? Was it when I stepped past security and walked towards the labor and delivery ward? Was it when I walked into my birthing room? How did I get on the toilet? How did I get on the bed? Oh look, my birth team is back together, plus a nurse now. I can remember the moment my birth was hijacked. A fiery red freight train crashed into Laborland and tore me out of it. After 30 hours of labor, this was the first time I felt pain. I felt anger. I felt rage. And my doula brain turned on. She told me the freight train had the word Pitocin written on the side. And the train was on autopilot so long as she was in my blood. My baby was the thing that had to get out of my body to end this hijacking. So I pushed in rage. This is why my mom cried that day in December. Three months later, that rage still lived in me. She was right beside me in the shadows, silent when all was calm, but one sound from anyone and she was ready to be unleashed. I quit being a doula because of her. I could not hold space for any birthing parents while she was around, uncontrolled and looming, ready to pounce. I was ready to walk away from my calling, give up my dream of holding space to protect my clients from this rage. And yet, walking away was not protecting anyone from her. I saw moms who also knew her and hid in silence. Our silence was protecting this rage. I remember when I faced my rage. I cried. I screamed. I punched the bed. I handed my baby to my husband and left the room. I broke a television remote control. I broke the lid of a diaper cream. I broke down. Why did I have to leave my home? Why did I have to transfer to the hospital? Why did I say yes to the Pitocin? Why did my contraction slow down? Why did I feel like I let myself down? Why did I feel like my team let me down? Why did my amazing birth experience have such a nasty ending? How could I hold space for parents experiencing childbirth when I felt so jaded by the experience? I remember returning to births after facing my rage. My rage was now my greatest tool. She is a guide. Right alongside my passion, my love, and my joy for birth, now I doula differently and it is ever evolving. I threw out some of the training that hadn't evolved with the current state of birth. Long gone are the days of telling parents only they can advocate and speak for themselves in their birthing space. I am more than a doula. I'm an advocate. I'm an educator. I'm a shoulder to cry on, a friend. I was once told that doulas shouldn't share their own birth experience as it is the client's birth we are preparing for. But I now share my birth experience all the time. There are lessons in each birth. Babies are born, mothers are born, fathers are born, and endless possibilities are born. Thank you for listening. 
Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us if you found this podcast to be helpful in your journey. If you would like to experience more from the other women who contributed to this series, you can purchase a digital or printed copy of Lineage Speaks on Amazon. All proceeds go to elamugirls.com, a nonprofit organization giving young girls aged 14 to 18 in Kenya a choice, a voice, and a bank account. Saving girls in Kenya from genital mutilation, sex tourism, or becoming a child bride and changing their lineage story. Once again, thank you for listening. And remember, you get to write your own story, how it connects you to the stories of the past and how you guide the stories of the future. Until the next episode, honor the light within you and let it guide your way on.